You're listening to The Magnet Podcast. Uh, hello, welcome to the Magnet Theater Podcast. I am your host, Louis Kornfeld. Our guest this afternoon is the amazing Ellie Kemper. Ellie, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for putting the adjective amazing in front of my name. You've earned it. Yes. Uh, um, I want to start off by asking you, how do you make positivity so funny? Wow, that's a huge compliment. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, how do you make positivity so funny? Well, I don't know that I accomplish it, but I would say that in order to do that, because it is a fine line between being grating and being funny. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think it w- might come back to the idea of playing what is truthful or honest in that um, positivity. Um, I think that sometimes positive people, a a trait that accompanies positivity or, or a supposed trait is sort of, um, ditziness or like being a little bit dumb. So I do think, and some of the characters I know that I've played, um, do have that, hmm, I won't say dumbness, but naivety or Mm -hmm. something uh, that accompanies that. And so I think that, um, that doesn't always have to be the case, but if that is the case with that sort of character, you can play off that as well. Mm. Like if, uh, and I'm not trying to say that all positive people are dumb. I like to think that I'm positive, and I like to think I'm brilliant. Uh-huh. So, but I, but I think that it's um, positivity funny. I guess it's going to you know just trying to represent that sort of positivity honestly. Yeah. Well, because like uh, I I noticed that a lot of people when they're improvising, especially earlier in an improv career, people will sort of veer away from more positive choices. Mm -hmm. And one reason I think for it is it kind of feels on your feet like being negative or being grouchy gives you more to do over the long run. And I think that some people, there may be a little bit of a reluctance to react happily to things for the sort of fear that it, it, it that's sort of it I'm happy about this and that's right. it period and a lot of your characters have this sort of inexhaustible enthusiasm to them where it just gets funnier and funnier and funnier over time you're able to just kind of keep on going and keep on finding more surprising ways to explore it that's great to hear because again that fine line between grading yeah. and being funny so yeah. thank you I, that's right when you were Saying that, I thought, well, what is my natural instinct um, in reacting to what someone said? And Mm -hmm. probably, naturally, me, Ellie, I think it is to respond in a positive way. So it's probably a deeper psychoanalysis on the stage that, like, someone might choose to react negatively or positively. Um, And I I see what you're saying about a, you know, quote-unquote negative response might give the characters something more to do or... um, you might feel like there's more to mine, I mm-hmm. guess, in that in that negative field. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, for me, it's just it seems almost easier and more effortless to go down a route of positivity that could also. And I'm just coming up with this as I'm talking right sure, now. Yeah. So okay, this is unfortunately not thought out. No, no, no. This is great. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> we want to hear your fly by the seat of your pants theories. Um, but that there is uh, that there is. Um, because you want to follow, I think, what your instinct might be, um, I think you just keep keep carrying it to the next level and, mm-hmm. and you know, upping it and upping it until, until I don't know what, until mm-hmm. the scene ends. Yeah. I'm not sure that really answered your question. Or 
maybe I interrupted you. No, 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 it does. <laughs> it, well, because it, it, like, I sort of come back to this idea of feeling like, what else am I able to do when I'm yeah. performing a scene? Right. And, and I think in a lot of people's minds, it, and this probably does kind of reflect on like a deeper psychological thing. Cause I know like I've, I've, I'm a pretty optimistic person mm-hmm. myself. I'm real. I don't have cheerful would describe me, but I'm like relatively happy most of the time. Yeah. But I also like know that that kind of state of mind where you kind of feel like, oh, the happy thoughts are are transitory. The miserable thoughts, those are the real. That's the real stuff. And yeah. there are people who kind of walk around thinking like that all the time. Right. And there are performers who play like that all the time. There, are, you know, there's kind of a fear to to express what just gives you kind of joy in a moment. Right. You know, and I think that some of it is maybe that fear of, of it's going to go away. I'm going to run out of things to, to be happy about. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. If that makes sense. That does make sense. And I think, and not to generalize an entire, um, category of people, but of course comedians probably do tend to be sadder maybe Mm -hmm. than the average person, just again, to grossly generalize. But, um, that is, it is hard (laughs) We, my husband and I were talking just yesterday. We're like, it's crazy that anyone wakes up and goes out into the world every morning. Yeah. <laughs> like, so many things could happen, and you have no control over any of it. And yet, there's some survival instinct in all of us that we keep going and keep going. But it's so messed up yeah. because true, like an air conditioner could fall on your head, and it might, mm-hmm. listeners. So be scared don't be careful just be scared but anyway to, be, be reckless and be, scared be, be reckless live like it's your last yes, day because it might be because it probably is <laughs> yes i'm talking to you okay but that there um there is sort of an endless supply of, of negativity i guess sure yeah i mean i i um i'm thinking of this one person show that i did and mm-hmm. i was it was so hard to write a one person show mm-hmm. as we many of us all know and um I was trying to find a central character to tie the whole thing together. And it was this, on the outside, relentlessly cheerful airline attendant. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, on the inside, she was dying. But it was just outward, only presenting this very, um, almost uh, neurotically happy woman. And that, I don't know, I can't explain it, except to say that, yeah, that's that's an instinct I have that I think is fun to play up. Mm -hmm. There, there. If we could talk about uh, Kimmy Schmidt for yeah. a second, yeah. One thing about that show that's really interesting is the way that you guys balance this kind of bouncy energy with, um, like, a pretty dark, just like lingering right behind, right off screen is this darkness. Yes. Um, and and the character of Kimmy periodically, you get these glints of of a lot of heaviness inside, or a lot of the way that she's coping with this and the way that you kind of power through and power on. How do you, how do you in building that character, find that balance so that you're able to kind of do right by that character, but still be really funny with it? Right. Um, I think it's so, it's such a delicate dance, but it is because first of all, I should say so much of it is in the writing that Mm. it makes, uh, our jobs as actors, I think a little bit easier because, Mm. Um, because of the writing and what they have to say and where the stories are taking them. But especially with such a um, serious subject as, as, and for those of you who don't know, Kimmy Schmidt was trapped in a bunker for 15 years. She was held captive there by an insane preacher. And then she's released after those 15 years and starts life over in New York. So this is a very um, 
serious situation and this has happened in real life to real women and it's tragic and horrifying. So how do you make something, not make the incident itself, but make um, the material that happens afterwards and the experiences that happen after that funny? I guess it's just um, on varying degrees, bad things happen to everyone Mm -hmm. and people don't just spend their lives weeping over it. They continue to move forward. So I think that the... um, there are these flashes of, of, I guess, sort of horror and angst and things that come up in um, Kimmy's experience and the experience of those around her. And, and you're absolutely right because it's a quote-unquote sitcom, but there's this background of was she sexually molested mm-hmm. by a, you know an insane man um, for years upon years? And so it's, I think that w- the... Um, it doesn't even shy away from that question. I think that it's it's addressed in the first episode, yeah. even, and it kind of suggests it a lot throughout the show. Absolutely, very very delicately. But very it, delicately, but the suggestion is put there all the time, and, and then it's usually cut away from immediately. Absolutely, in a way that if you're not paying attention, or if you're a child, it yeah. might go over your head. But yeah. I agree, there's glimpses of it throughout the show, and I, I, I think that it's it's just a matter of combining those real and unfortunate unfortunate elements of life with an optimism mm-hmm. that that luckily this character possesses but that um you know might be necessary and vital in order to make one's way through life mm-hmm. that that you can't uh just shut out everything bad that's happened you have to uh, this will sound like a I'm trying to be a poet but you have to weave it into your experience right. so um and that's a tricky thing on on a sitcom that was supposed to be for NBC and is now on Netflix. It's 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 no small task, and I think most of it is in the writing. Yeah, it it there's one line you're talking to Jane Krakowski, and uh, you say in one of the episodes, "You're stronger than you think," and that's kind of summarizes the entire show and kind of summarizes the the strength of that character. Yeah, and it got me thinking about just generally what makes something funny when you're performing on stage what makes one character funny and one character sad when, when you're not just playing a, a, just one game to a character but you're playing in a context where you have a little bit of dimension and a little bit of, of room to kind of to breathe right and you add elements from real life that maybe weigh a person down a little bit. Mm-hmm. What makes one not entertaining to watch and one really entertaining to watch and I was thinking about that thing of like there's a strength. If you look at like really great comedians, uh, um, even like Groucho Marx has it, even, even a character like that where he's just, he's mean to everybody, mm-hmm. but there's like a strength behind that meanness. Right. There's something about, about this like comic personality of like endurance somehow. Mm-hmm. There's something about the ability to carry on and to like, you know, like you said, to weave it into your life experience and keep on going. Right. That seems to make the difference between a character that you feel bad for or bad about right. versus a character that you, you experience their depth and their dimension, but you are, you're happier for having watched their story. If, does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. And I wonder, I'm thinking about this too, as you're, as you're bringing it up. Like, I wonder if that has to do with, um, you know, in a, um, well, it doesn't have to be a live show. It can it can be in a movie or on a TV show. That the audience maybe feels safe mm-hmm. with that person, right? Yeah, that they're not. Yeah, that they're not going to. Um, they have faith in in that person's strength. Yes. So, 
I'm not sure that necessarily always um, translates to to being funny. I guess. I mean, but I but I do think um, most of I'm sure there are many exceptions that I'm not thinking of at the moment. But a lot of um, funny people are so or funny characters are very confident, and so that's why like a, a, I love nothing more than just a very confident ignorant person mm-hmm. right i mean that's so funny mm-hmm. just to be um so bold in your declarations and yet they're just founded on yeah idiocy yeah. yeah and um yeah i i i i'm i'm now i am searching for weak characters that i've seen and it's hard to come up with them and i think in an improv scene well i guess you could be you know um, diminutive or weak in a in a scene, but it has to be balanced out by someone who isn't. Yeah, I guess um, this isn't a fully formed thought. So it would be hard be to off. apply it in every case. Yeah, but it like there is something to that idea that having faith in a character's strength, it, it, it to me it at least sets the stage for a funny experience instead of a. a um, uh, uh, why am I watching this experience? Right. It's that little bit of faith that gives you permission to enjoy what you're watching right. instead of feeling like um, you're being manipulated by it somehow yeah. or, or, you know. And I wonder if also it might come across that the performer isn't comfortable. I don't know. Sure, yeah. But there is, I don't know about you, but when I'm watching something live, I feel uncomfortable if I if it is coming across that the you know performer doesn't feel Safe himself totally. or herself out there. Yeah. So I wonder if that has something to do with it too. Yeah. And it could absolutely be faking confidence, but as long as there's some sort of um, strength out there, I think everyone feels more at ease. Yeah. When you when you feel that confidence and that sense of relaxation from somebody, it, right? Which is why we were talking about Christina Gauss's earlier. Uh-huh. We are doing a two person show later on this evening, and I, that's why I just adore and treasure improvising with her because it doesn't matter what I do. Like, I know that she's going to take care of me. And she's so, I don't know if she feels confident. She gives me the impression. She is the most confident person out there and nothing can go wrong because she's, you know, there. She's like my, she's like my protective father. <laughs> I don't know. But you just feel so safe with a performer like that. Yeah. Christina has the ability when you're playing with her to kind of, ex- everything else is excluded from her field of vision except for you. Yep. And every single thing that you say or do is the most important, most urgent thing on the planet. Yes. And it has this ability to make you feel real up there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, uh, and to relax you too, because you know that everything is being taken completely seriously. So yep. you don't have to sell anything. Right. I think that's something that it throws you off game in any kind of performance when you feel like you have to sell what you're creating to everybody. And yep. then you overdo it or, or there's just a little bit of strain to it. And I've done that in scenes many times and I can feel myself doing it. And yeah. I think, how can I stop doing this right now? I'm yeah. trying to sell myself on the idea and it's not working. Yeah. And that's, again, with someone like Christina, it's so solvable by just making eye contact with your scene partner and she whose eye contact is off the charts where she just lock, like you said locks in she's very intense she's very intense in the very in the very best way because yeah. it's it is absolutely true there's nothing else but you and, and what's going on in that moment yeah we've had silence we recently did a silent scene just 
we were, I, we were dancing. You had to be there, but we, (laughs) you usually have to be there for the description of an improv scene. But, um, we were just looking at each other. That was all. It, and it, there's so, it sounds silly, but there's so much there because, you know, not everyone really locks in like that. Yeah. It, it, there's also like a really special feeling when you're playing with somebody like that where, uh, uh, at least for me, um, that idea of like just respond to the last thing that was done. That's all you got to do is listen and respond mm-hmm. to that last thing and you're fine. You pay lip service to that a lot as an improviser and you spend a lot of time not actually embodying that, you know, right. in most cases. Right. But when you're playing with somebody really good, everything else does kind of evaporate and yep. it does just boil down to, oh, just be here right now. Yep. Just bring yourself here right now and be authentic. Yep. And that's, ooh, excuse me. It's okay. Touch the table. Um, I've improvised with people who afterwards have said, um, oh yeah, no, no, no. I, I don't think you understood what I was doing. I was supposed to be the fireman or something. Mm. And I'm like, uh, okay, but yeah, I didn't get what you thought you were doing yeah. and you weren't the fireman to me. So therefore yeah. <laughs> you weren't the fireman. And I hate, I, I, I've noticed people say stuff like that where, no, 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 you, you didn't get my intention. Mm-hmm. I'm like, but, but it's happening. It's unfolding before our very eyes. So it doesn't matter what you thought, it's what's actually happening. Totally. And that's, there's no problem with her doing that. Yeah. Because she always just, like you said, reacts to the last thing that was said and yeah. is just very present. Yeah. Can we, I want to talk about relaxation for a second. Great. Help me. <laughs> Do you have tips? <laughs> uh, um, uh, bend over and shake your arms for a minute. Does that help? Deep, it does a little bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. I read it in Michael Caine's book. It's oh, pretty good. Well, he must. He knows. He probably does. He's know. a very relaxed man. Yes. Um, uh, I'm, I'm curious cause like everybody, everybody improvising, you know, copes with that stress of being too tense during a scene or that stress of who's in the audience tonight or that stress of who am I performing with or that stress mm-hmm. of, am I good enough or, you know, can, you know, all that stuff. How, how do you relax when all of that stuff is being magnified when you're doing something like auditioning for SNL or, or, or beginning to to film a show that's being written specifically for mm-hmm. you. How do you deal with, with the, just the, the sudden difference in scale of, of the pressure that you're facing? Yes. Um, I personally, I don't know about you. I am still working on that. Mm. I, 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 I would love tips. I think that that's an, an, as my therapist might say, an ongoing negotiation. But I do, <laughs> I do think that it's, there's things that you can do. Like I can do things in, on a broader scale. Like I for me, working out is a great stress reliever. Mm-hmm. So I can, um, you know, if there's a big audition one day, I know, okay, well, I'm going to go running in the morning and that chemically helps me. The endorphins are flowing and I don't know, my blood maybe is <laughs> more positive, whatever it is, I physically feel more ease. But that doesn't change the fact that once you're actually in the moment during that day, well, what do you do when you're, you know, backstage before a big show? How do you get yourself to be in a state where you can perform. And I do think so much of that is breathing. Mm. And um, I know mindfulness is like very big in the business world and it's just, you know, out there a lot right now. But I think that, um, and I'm sure I don't know all the tenets of mindfulness, but just to be, I know that they stress being aware of your breath a Mm. lot. And I think that that has to help because once you're controlling your breath, um, I think you necessarily control the other parts. You're, I think your mind must slow down, mm-hmm. probably due to some sort of oxygen intake. I'm not sure. A scientist can can confirm or deny that. But I think that there's 
things of just, of just, um, trying not to think this is what I do. I try to focus on the task at hand and to tell myself that by tonight, it's everything's going to be over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so there, so the day will finish mm-hmm. unless an air conditioner drops on you in that case, in which, which case, is highly likely, high, very likely. Yeah. And depending on the time of day, you might be gone by afternoon, <laughs> but, but I do think there's some, and I would like to hear what you do because I, I think that there's, to me, there's a sense of security and knowing that this is, <laughs> I'm laughing cause I sound like a hippie, but that this is temporary and this is like, um, an intense thing that you're about to do but it's finite. So you will have a break or you will have, um, a, an end point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find like security in reminding myself of that. Is it mm-hmm. at this point in your career, do you still struggle with those same kinds of nerves before you were about to do a project? Yes. I'm a very anxious person. Yeah. And to add insult to injury, I drink a lot of coffee oh, and yeah. I, I think, I keep thinking I should not drink coffee, but I do love coffee. But I, I, yes. In fact, I, I've heard other people say this and I feel better. I've gotten more anxious as time goes on instead Mm. of less. I don't know about you, but it's like the more I perform, I would think, oh, I'll, I'll be uh, less nervous about this. But it's every time before going on stage or before it's mostly live performances. Mm -hmm. I think it's like, oh my gosh, I, 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 I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And then you never die and it's always fine. Yeah. Uh, well, I, what I get is uh, two things. The longer I'm improvising and, and the more uh, uh, classes I teach and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, the more pressure I feel to have to be really good. Yes. And that's a, you walk out with that pressure and that yep. can really screw with you. I also find myself more and more, the longer I'm improvising, watching other people improvise oh, yeah. and thinking, I don't know how they do that. Right. Do you ever feel that way? I like, I I, I go blank. It's like, I don't remember how to improvise. I don't know. I'm comforted to hear you say that. I was about to say, I don't know if I'm buying that Uh, because I don't know how you would watch someone and think, what do they do? But that, that's what I think all of the time, especially at Del Close Marathon. When I was watching some of these groups, I was like, what? How do they? And I do think, I think it's a combination. I think when you're, um, I mean, it's a muscle that, improv muscle it's a muscle in your mm-hmm. brain and if you haven't done it in a while then it, it does get weak and I know I wasn't improvising for quite a bit of time and it's just getting back into it you feel very rusty and I felt very um, not confident but um, but I do have that where I'll, I don't know if it's a psych out or what but it's watching other like amazing improvisers perform and thinking how did how did that all come together so seamlessly yeah. what am I missing I, I don't teach um I don't teach anything. I was about, I was about to uh, <laughs> clarify. I was going to be like, I don't teach improv. And I was like, no, I don't teach anything. Um, but I don't teach improv and in, in, which is included in anything. And I would have the same worry that you say you have, which is that, well, I'm the teacher. I have to be, sure. <laughs> I have to be flawless in the scene, which is, of course is ridiculous because everyone is, of know, course, but you can't, you, you can't help, but feel, uh, uh, uh wanting to protect your reputation on some level. Of course. Yeah. And especially knowing, I was going to say, if you're a teacher, knowing that your students are watching or or whatever, but whatever it is, there is, and that sort of stinks that there has to be an awareness of your reputation because you really shouldn't be thinking about any of that. But 
it's hard to not let those thoughts seep. It's part of the the kind of like interesting heroic challenge. Like I remember reading somewhere Del Close saying that if there weren't really big challenges, then there wouldn't be real heroes. Yeah, and, and there is something wow. yeah. to that. Of of you, you kind of feel that sense of pride when you walk away from a really good show. Yeah, part of that pride is that feeling of accomplishment that comes from having faced your own uncertainties and come through. Mm-hmm. So like there is that element where like it keeps it kind of sharp and 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 makes you kind of face it. Absolutely. Um, what is it for you being famous? Has that changed what it's like to improvise in front of, in front of a live audience? Well, I never, I, um, famous is, I, it, famous is such a strange adjective because you don't know if it's, I wasn't sure if I should have used that word. I don't know if that's an insulting word to use or not, no, but, see, the, I, no, no, but, but you're, but, you're but, famous. I get, yeah. well, if you're, you're recognizable because people have seen your you know, face on television. Sure. And, but I know famous is such a strange word because it's, it's like, are you supposed to <laughs> say thank you or no, I'm not. Right. But if you say no, I'm not, then you're considering it right. as a compliment, which it might not be a compliment, whatever it is. It is a compliment. Once you're recognizable, I'll use the word recognizable. Yeah. I do think that I have noticed this. I've noticed it in people that I've watched and I've noticed it as, uh, I've been on television that, Audiences will laugh at things that aren't really that funny mm-hmm. because they're so, and I've done this, you're so excited to see someone you recognize from sure. television movies yeah. that you just want to laugh. <laughs> it's almost like you want to get your money's worth or you're, you're just so excited to see that person. I'm not saying that's what happens with me. Not that I'm not, I'm not saying they're excited to see me, but I, I've noticed that um, I'll make a move or say something and I'm like, I know that in my heart, that was not a funny thing to say or mm-hmm. not a good move for the scene. But but people will like laugh more. And I think that's a risk where it's where you would risk becoming lazy from that. Sure. You know, just if you're just, if you're just looking for laughs, that would, uh, you um, can get them easily. Y- yeah. And anyone can, I mean, you can yeah. take off your pants and get a laugh depending on what's underneath. But I think that that's not <laughs> smart. <laughs> Improv. I, um, yeah, I would say that's the, that's something that I have noticed. Yeah. So, especially because, I really started improvising a lot more this past winter. Mm-hmm. I had not been improvising for some time, like I said, and I was so rusty, so, so rusty. And I knew that, but then we were doing shows and they were like, people were enjoying them. But you know, I think, I think it's possible to enjoy a show from an audience standpoint without it being an actual, like a technically good show. Mm-hmm. And so you are probably the same way. Like you don't necessarily feel that good after that show. Sure. You oh know? yeah. So Yeah. Did I? Yes. Was that? Yes, it was. It was. Weirdly enough, this is going to sound like a really like shitty thing to say, but go for it. My favorite shows, weirdly enough, are the ones that I walk away from knowing that that was really good improv and having an audience that seemed kind of lukewarm about it in a weird way. It why almost does that sound shitty. Well, I, because I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I don't if you're know supposed why. to be doing it for the audience. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's almost like having like an ugly baby or something. It's like, <laughs> well, it's my baby. I'm sorry. This is, I love this baby. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's not yeah. just like, I, I'm not talking about like a self-indulgent show either. I'm talking oh, sure. about where, you know, it like, this is not the right crowd for this one, but you know that this was a really yep. good piece of improv. I, I absolutely relate to that and agree with it, I think. And and it's I'm trying to think because you know, sometimes and I don't know what I don't know what the intent should be, but people who are in the know with improv mm-hmm. probably did enjoy that show. And a lot of times people are checking out a show for the first time or don't really know what improv is and mm-hmm. it might not they just might not it might not click with them. Yeah. So um 
you know, are you supposed to put on an entertaining show? Are you supposed to put on a technically good show? It's, um, I also feel better. I think with most things, if, if you know that you personally checked off all the, you know, to do's on your list rather than this was pleasing to the, you know, to a viewer. It's just that feeling that, you know, that like, Oh, that came from the right place That, that came out of where it's supposed to come out of. And similarly, you, don't feel so great when you know, like, oh, I, 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 have you ever, maybe this has never happened to you. I can like feel myself making a cheap joke sometimes. Totally. And I, yeah. And I, I don't, I'm helpless to stop myself. Totally. Like, stop it. Don't totally. say it. Yeah. yeah. My, my throat does an interesting thing when that starts to happen. I can feel my throat tighten right before it happens. Oh no. And it, there's like this weird tightness and it's, it, it's like, <gasps> It feels so shitty because you know that you're in like that moment where by making the the less cliched choice, you're about to go into a much more frightening place and you feel your muscles tense up and you feel this part of your brain take over and take you back to the safe place where you're doing this joke that you know is going to work. But as soon as you say it, you feel like you just sold out the entire thing. And I don't know why, I don't know why you. We're unable to stop ourselves in that moment. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, the other thing is you can, you're, I'm probably just imagining it, but I always feel I can see in my fellow improvisers' eyes, like, tisk, tisk. I, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I know what you mean. why did you do that? Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's probably good. It's why people feel guilt, because guilt is a good thing. Well, you shouldn't do those things. It, well, it, it keeps you honest. Mm-hmm. I have one more question before we have to end. Uh, it may not even be a question. That went by so fast. It's super fast, I know. Really I hope fast. I didn't talk too much. No, if okay. anything, I would say not enough. Not enough. Okay, more. More. As much as I can say. As much as you can say. <laughs> For the next 30 seconds, Hang please. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, one of the things that I love about improvising is the kind of DIY aspect of it. Yeah. I, I love that it, 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 it's kind of like the purest kind of theater that you can do in a way. All you need is a, a space that's quiet enough for people to hear you with mm-hmm. decent enough sight lines and, and it's just everybody's imagination. Yeah. It's really, you know, like, and, and you can do it anywhere. And there's something very like leveling about being in, in an improv room. There's something very kind of um, uh, democratic about it yes. in a way. Uh, um being at this stage of your career right now where you're you're in the 1% and you're among the best of the very best like you you are rubbing i'm i'm not saying this is a, i know it's a weird thing I and it's a weird thing you, to hear but yes, but, okay. but i mean you're you're you perform with and stand among the very best comedians alive in the country and have earned your place there. I'm not saying you stand there and you stand. I'm saying you, you are among the very best improvisers and among the very best comedians in the whole country. And you're making movies with them and you're doing TV shows with them. Uh, um, just what is that like to, 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 to have these skills that come from such a grungy basement place, <laughs> right, right. you know, what is it like to find yourself in a position where, where, you can kind of do what you want with the very best people around. Is that, is that something that you're really conscious of at all? Is it something you don't think about? I, uh, first of all, I have to thank you because that's an enormous compliment. The other thing I will say is that so many of these people who are in, in a 1% mm-hmm. of, I, 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 1% is such a shitty thing to say. I, I'm, I don't mean it to tie no. in with the evil 1%. I mean it to tie in with like the people some who. Some of them are in that too. <laughs> some of them are. But the people who have proven themselves to yes. be like, all right, you're, you're the best. You're the best around. But don't you feel like so many of those women and men who we see um, just excelling in comedy and entertainment and show business and, and, and various 
areas of our field came from the same thing. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I'm not as familiar with the stand-up world, mm-hmm. but my sense is that so many of them started in basements and dingy nightclubs and, and worked their way. Into, I mean, I don't think like a stand-up comedian is, is ever given enormous success or opportunities because they're good looking. They of have course. to be very funny. Yeah. So you have to earn your way there. And I think similarly with improv, um, or, or some of the work, you know, called upon by SNL impressions, um, you have to, nobody just like your dad can't get you a job there. You have to earn your way there. So I think that all of these people who we see on television, in movies, um, who we consider to be the funniest, um, I was going to say the funniest people. There's many funny people who don't do comedy, but the funniest in our field, I feel like they, don't you feel like you get them? Like mm-hmm. it, it's, we came from a similar background. So mm-hmm. in that way, I guess what I'm trying to say is that it, it doesn't ever feel um, strange to be improvising or performing or doing something with anyone in, in our community because we're all part of this community. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mean to sound like Susie Sunshine, but but we are, right? I mean, don't you feel like when when look at Amy Poehler, like mm-hmm. she she has a I think a uh, relatable experience to anyone in the improv world. Yeah, I'm and, not sure and that- she's still a very accessible person, even for being the best of the best. Oh, she's still totally accessible. Was performing in every show at Del Close. Yeah, Christine and I were backstage, and she. She came and, you know, had her two boys with her. And Christy and I looked at each other. We were like, how is she so cool? Yeah. She was just so cool. But but I think that, um, I don't know. I haven't met an obnoxious, um, I've, I've never worked with someone obnoxious is what I'll say. So I feel like these people who are at the top of their fields are there because um, they worked hard. They're very good at what they do. And people like to work with them. I've taken the answer in a sort of roundabout it's way. A good, it's a good answer. I think, well, do, I just, don't you think that it's, um, I don't know. I, I don't mean that we're all friends, but don't you feel like you get yes. that person? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, well, we don't have time to explore this, but oh. it, it, there are people who are really successful who you get the feel off of them like somehow they have found themselves. Yeah. And their success goes hand in hand. It's like a, it's like a, a, a snake swallowing its tail. You don't know if they're successful because they found themselves or they found themselves because they're successful. Right. But somehow it's almost like seeing someone who's, who's kind of realized themselves. Yeah. And then you see certain other people who are very successful and, and there's something kind of imposterish about it. There's something kind of, there's a, there's, there's a jagged edge to them that gives you a sense that you're not really yep. succeeding. You're, oh, you're yeah. a person in need right now of something. I, I might not be good at many things, but I feel like I'm very good at sniffing that out. If someone is comfortable, it's basically, I think it comes down to being comfortable in your own skin or not. Yeah. Right. And so any hugely successful person, um, is going to be either secure or insecure. And I feel like you can, you can gauge that pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, Ellie Kemper, this has been far too short a conversation. Well, thank you so much for having me. You are one of the people who are successful, who I have to say, Brighten the room when you come into it. You're one of the good guys, Ellie Kemper. Thank you so much for being here and talking today. Right back at you. Thank you so much for having me. It's 
you have the same effect on people. Oh. 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 <laughs> I see. I, I didn't sniff out any insecurity. Did you guys hear that? <laughs> wow. That was great. On the record. <laughs> <laughs> Ellie Kemper, thank you very much. Thank you. And thank you guys for listening. This has been the Magnet Theater Podcast. A huge thank you to our producer, Evan Ford Barton, to our engineer, Michael Grant Goldberg, to our executive producer, Ed Herbstman, and to you guys for listening. Once again, thank you, Ellie Kemper. Thank you, guys. Bye, everyone. Bye. 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 bye, bye. bye. Watch the air conditioners. You've been listening to the Magnet Podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by the Magnet Training Center, where we teach classes in improvisation, sketch writing, musical improv, storytelling, and more. If you're interested in checking us out, we offer free weekly intro to improv classes. You can find out more about those free intro classes and all other classes we offer at magnettheater.com. Our podcast is available on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes and give us a positive rating. We appreciate the support. Also, be sure to check out the Magnet Theater for top-notch comedy shows seven nights a week. All information regarding classes and shows can be found at magnettheater.com.